You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to the NFL Mock Podcast. I am your humble host, Brooks Austin. As always, we're coming to you live from the always beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. And man, we've got a great show for you guys playing tonight. As promised, we will have a full first round recap show, uh, let you know what we think of almost every pick. Uh, We won't beat you over the head with it one pick after the other. Uh, We'll do it in a little bit of an interesting style, but we'll get to that in a little bit. As always, You guys know what we like to do. We like to get to the business. And before I ask you to like, rate, subscribe, and review because that's how your boy gets paid, we're going to hit these review questions right off the top. We'll start with just the one uh, from at Developing Safeties. He asks, I am an Eagles fan who believes we need a young safety on this team ASAP. When developing a safety, do you think it's better to take a thumper like John Abrams and work on his ball coverage skills or a single high guy and work on his physicality. Now, look, I know the first round's over. You know the first round's over. You're here for a recap of this. But, and excuse me if my voice is completely fried because we just went four hours on this live stream. But nonetheless, um, still a good question, right? Um, One thing I truly believe, you're never going to be able to teach physicality. But that being said, uh, developing safeties at DDDFF. G-G-G-G-G, nonetheless, you can't develop physicality, but um, the modern NFL is moving more towards the passing game. You know that already, um, though you can impact a game as an in-the-box safety like John Abram will at this next level there in Oakland now. Uh, spoiler alert if you didn't know already, um, but you probably should if you're listening to the NFL Mox podcast. But nonetheless, um, I think you take the deep uh, cover safety. That's my prone, uh, or me, that's what I would be more prone to do uh, if I had the decision. Um, but thank you for asking the questions. Uh, if you have any more of those questions that you want uh, us to answer here on the NFL Mox Podcast, feel free to leave them in the review section there after, of course, you give us five stars. We appreciate you guys for listening. Without further ado, we'll get into that full first-round recap uh, with Jake Shavink and Nate Williamson my fellow NFLmox.com contributors. So thanks for those guys for joining. Thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time. All right, after about a four and a half hour, it seemed like YouTube live stream 
over there on the NFL Mocks Twitter page. I am now joined by Jake Savink and Nate Williamson. Boys, I hope you've got just enough energy to hammer out this reaction show here on the NFL Mocks podcast, my guys. Just a little bit, maybe. We're going to try and power through. I mean, we just got done talking about it. You guys at least got the advantage of that hour, uh, you know, what is central time over there? It's only eleven forty-three as opposed to uh, quarter till one o'clock over here on the Eastern Standard Time. But nonetheless, no excuses. We promised the listeners a uh, reaction show Friday morning, Saturday morning, and Sunday morning. So we're gonna suck it up and we're gonna do this. But man, what a first round and what a live stream it was. Um, we're gonna break it down. Uh, instead of just, you know, throwing the listener 32 picks in a row and giving our analysis of each. Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to break down these 32 picks into groups of eight, little four sets of eight action for you. We're going to deep squat these things. Uh, You know, break them into sets of eight, and then we'll give you our best pick from each one, our worst pick from each one, and our most surprising from each group of eight. Jake and Nate, are you guys ready? Let's get it. Let's get after it. All right. Arizona obviously went off the top. One there with Kyler. Niners, Nick Bosa at two. The Jets came back at three with Quentin Williams. Oakland, the surprise at four. Spoiler alert, I just gave it away. Tampa five, uh, Devin White there. The Giants come in with Daniel Jones at six. Seven, the Jags come in at Josh Allen. And then eight, the Detroit Lions pick up TJ Hawkinson, the tight end out of Iowa. We'll start with you, Jake. Um, let's say, let's go with your best pick here of these top eight picks. Who do you think got the best value and took the best player off the board at that position? Well, I think it's hard in the first eight picks usually to find value, but I think honestly where I had him ranked and even though it's not very far down the board, I think the jets getting Quinn Williams at three, um, is probably the best value, even though it's, yeah, even though we're talking about the first eight picks. I mean, Quentin Williams is my number one guy in this draft. Um, and for the Jets to get him, pair him alongside with Leonard Williams, it's a nice uh, nice combo they got there. All right, um, let's hop straight to Nate's best pick of this eight, uh, this top eight picks right here. Nate, who you got? Who do you like? What pick do you like most uh, in these eight picks? Yeah, these first eight were – it's hard to evaluate now, but I think I'm looking at guys like Quinn Williams, who kind of seems like a value at this point at number three because he probably should be two or one here, Nick Bosa pending. But I think Devin White to the Buccaneers is one that's going to fly by in this group that I really like personally. Fills up a hole for them with a freak athlete out of LSU. Yeah, a team that I think really took advantage or at least had uh, you know some fortune fall their way uh, in terms of the craziness above them, especially at – four and six we'll get to that here in a second but to me it's the Jacksonville Jaguars right you definitely don't expect a player like Josh Allen uh to me the second best edge rusher in this uh draft a guy who had 17 and a half sacks last year at Kentucky you definitely don't expect him to fall to seven or at least no one in the draft world did so a little bit of craziness led to that happening uh but to me man the team that got the most value and the best pick here was the Jacksonville Jaguars uh with Josh Allen they're at seven. So that moves us to our worst pick, man. What's a team that you just think you look at this, Mick, and save your most surprising uh, uh, for the next question? But uh, what's a team you think, man, they just they might have missed right here on their pick? We'll start with you, Nate, this time. Uh, Jake, you can save it for a sec. So we're doing worst, worst out of this top eight or worst overall? <laughs> well, yeah, we'll go worst out of this top eight because there's some worst picks coming up 
You know, there's some, <laughs> there's some bad picks in the next window as well. Honestly, I was saying at the whole stream, this should come as no surprise. Daniel Jones at number six to the New York Giants. I just do not see the first round appeal with him, especially not that high. <laughs> Jake is drawing a uh, his thoughts on it as well. So, <laughs> yeah, I just do not see it. I watched him at the Senior Bowl. I watched some of his tape. I do not see it. I like the arm, but it's just, ugh. Yeah, I mean, we had to separate worst and most surprising here because, like, it's not a surprise that the Giants took Daniel Jones. Um, It may be a surprise that they took him at six because they probably could have gotten him at 17. I mean, hell, the Redskins got Dwayne Haskins at 15. But um, nonetheless, I think it's, uh, you know, the worst pick here, obviously, is Daniel Jones. I think you overdrafted, um, just like we'll get to here with uh, Cleveland Farrell. There at four, he's overdrafted as well, but no one, absolutely no one saw that coming, uh, at least that high. So the worst pick here, I think we're all consensus. Um, None of us are high on Daniel Jones. We're definitely not number six overall high. So the surprise, man, and the surprise of the draft, we kept talking about it all the way up until I I would bet it's uh, like pick 14 or 15, wasn't it, guys, Um, about how shocked we were Cleveland Farrell. Look, not a bad football player. We all had first-round grades on this young man. Uh, out of Clemson, um, three-year starter there. But nonetheless, to have him go number four overall, uh, rather shocking here, guys. What was your immediate reaction? I mean, we know we got it on the YouTube stream, but you've had a little bit of time here, uh, a little bit over three and a half hours now, uh, to decompress and decompose. What are your thoughts on Cleveland Farrell there uh, to Oakland? Wow. Um, Really, honestly, I mean, talk about – not seen it coming. Mike Mayock and company were like, you know what? Scouts go home. Talked about that a little bit. And they really kept this thing on the wraps real well. And um, we talked about which is which is interesting because, you know, I think a lot of people had pegged Cleveland Farrell to the Raiders maybe at 24-27. And to have him go at four, um, yeah, quite surprising. Not that we, you know, again, not that we don't like what Farrell brings to the table. I think just at four, the value there was shocking. Yeah, what about you, Nate? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I was just absolutely not expecting that. But, I mean, in the sense, when you get rid of a guy like Khalil Mack, you're looking for the guy that you think is going to best come in and make up for that gaping hole. I mean, we've seen how good he's been with the Bears. How do you replace that? The Oakland Raiders clearly think that Cleveland Farrell is their guy there. All right, the only question I've got left about this Cleveland Farrell pick, and I think it's the most intriguing here, this is Mike Mayock's pick, right? Is, is this you think this is any Gruden influence, or do you think this was absolutely one hundred percent Mike Mayock's guy? That's why he's here at four. I think Gruden has taken Locke at four. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. I think Gruden trades four twenty four and twenty seven uh, for Kyler Murray at one. <laughs> Entirely possible. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I think, like you said, Cleveland Pearl. I think I really think Mayock would have labeled him as a, you know, a guy with a lunch pail, bring it. He works his tail off every day uh, when he comes to the building. So I, I, that's what I feel like is just one of Mayock's guys. I think we would, if he would have been at the desk um, tonight, instead of in a, in a, in a war room, I feel like that would have been one of his guys to talk about a lot. For sure. I, I totally agree. I mean, maybe it's a, a, a culture setting thing type, but to me, man, you're, you're moving to Las Vegas soon. Um, I think you needed a little bit more exciting uh, coming in and selling a little more tickets than Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and John Abram. I mean, that's just me, uh, but we'll get into it 
a little bit more later. So is there any other things you guys want to talk about here uh, in these top eight picks? I mean, I know we, we all love Devin White here uh, to Tampa. We talked about it on the live show. It's an upgrade on Quan Alexander. We all believe that, um, even as a rookie coming in. And we're talking about him replacing uh, a Pro Bowl-type linebacker there in Quan Alexander. I know he's coming off a knee injury, but nonetheless, what are the thoughts, guys? Uh, any other highlights from these top eight picks? Well, I think something that's been glossed over here just really quick is TJ Hawkinson to Detroit. Yeah. I really like the skill set he's going to bring there for an offense that really could use the weaponry. Yeah, I mean, and that's a Patriot-led system. I, mean, I know Matt Patricia was a uh, defensive coordinator there uh, in New England, but nonetheless, the, the system is the system. The, the uh, what do you call it, the strategies – uh, still are at play, and that's double tight ends, right? I mean, Jesse James, you signed him. We talked about it again on the live stream. Jesse James on that roster doesn't keep in you. Uh, in fact, it makes you run a lot more double tight end sets next year there in Detroit, and I like that. Matt Stafford getting a little more help. I agree. T.J. Hawkinson, a great pick. Let's move on to this 9 through 16 window, starting with a dynamite of a prospect here at 9 with the Buffalo Bills. Ed Oliver there, the Steelers trade up. Uh, from 20 uh, with the Denver Broncos to take Devin Bush. The Bengals get Jonah Williams, first offensive lineman off the board. Green Bay takes Rashawn Gary. Uh, Jake takes a deep breath. The Dolphins <laughs> take Christian Wilkins, uh, just a nab right there before the Atlanta Falcons. And then the Falcons take Chris Lindstrom. Uh, Falcons' Twitter blew up. Uh, the Redskins sit and wait and get their guy in Dwayne Haskins. And then the Carolina Panthers take Brian Burns. We'll start with you. Let's get your uh, let's get the best pick out of this first. Let's be a little positive uh, more here. Um, actually, nah. Let's be negative right off the rip. Let's get the worst pick out of this window here from you, Nate. Or, uh, yeah, Nate. We'll start with you. All right. I, I I like a lot of the guys that somehow found their way this deep into the draft to be drafted, and that just speaks to the depth of this. I class think I know school. where Jake's going with worst pick here. Um, and it's unfortunate, but I, I'm curious, Nate. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, what, what's I mean, the worst? Is uh, gonna have some fun with this one, judging by what he's drawn on his whiteboard recently, which it's probably a good thing people can't see. But for me, the Chris Lindstrom pick is kind of mind-boggling. I think there was a lot of talent left on the board when the Falcons made that pick for the guy out of Boston College. But I mean, maybe it'll pay off in the end. But for right now, I don't see the allure at 14. What about you, Jake? Let's get it. Uh, it's Rashawn Gary. Uh, for sure. At 12, um, we brought it up numerous times uh, in the stream. Jake, let me, to... let me just ask this, and I'm not trying to, you know, twist this knife that's already in your heart here, but how long have you been a Packers fan? Since birth. Since my birth. Parents were, my parents were from, are from Wisconsin, so I was raised. Been a Packer game since I was four. Okay, so this, this really, like, it, it hurts, hurts, because now you're a talent evaluator, now you're trying to get into this game uh, and yep. make some opinions. And, and and you told us on the live stream, how low on your big board is Rashawn Gary? So I went and looked. Um, okay, I I jumped the gun slightly. He's 47 on my board. Jeez. <laughs> that's tough, man. That's rough. All it right, so that, that's definitely <laughs> a solid opinion from you. Uh, according to you, that's what, 37 uh, spots overdrafted there? Um, yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Um, so you know what? That definitely qualifies for a bad pick in your mind. And I'm, you know, I'm not here to hate on the Chris Lindstrom pick. I think if I, I, 
I'm okay with Rashawn Gary there um, because I don't think they're going to play him at edge rusher. Uh, if that makes you feel a little bit better there, Jake, I think they're going to move him inside because I think that's what he is. I think he's a dominant three technique at the NFL level, at least in the run game. But um, nonetheless, the Chris Lindstrom pick, I'm not here to bang on it too bad uh, because they do need a lot of help down here in Atlanta at the guard position. And this is by consensus overall the best true guard uh, in this class um, in terms of, you know, straight guard play. If Cody Ford comes down to guard, will he better be better than Chris Lindstrom? I absolutely believe it. Um, but nonetheless, Chris Lindstrom comes off the board here to Atlanta. Um, I'm going to highlight that as my bad pick because I don't think, like Nate said, I don't think any of these are too, too terrible. Um, so that's where I'll start. Um, Jake, we'll come right back to you. Um, who's your best pick of this eight window um, from nine through 16? Uh, what pick do you like most? Honestly, this is tough because I feel like there's like four picks that I look at, at least from from my value perspective, that I I liked a lot. I mean, I like Burns at 16. I know a lot of people are probably not going to highlight that as much. Um, but I, I got to go with, with either Ed Oliver or Devin Bush. I mean, the Steelers get up and get their guy. I think that was a smart move on their part. Got to get a linebacker in there to have a difference maker. But ultimately, I went with Ed Oliver. Shouldn't have fallen to nine. Let's be honest here. He's a top five player in this class. Uh, he should have been off earlier. But Buffalo gets a steal there. All right, Nate, what do you got going on for best pick in this uh, 9 through 16 window? Yeah, a little different. I can definitely agree with the Ed Oliver. He should not have been able to fall that don't far. You steal, don't you steal my pick? <laughs> Mine here, I'm sorry if I did, was going with Devin Bush out of this oh, group. We're good. I just love what he's bringing to the table in terms of impact. I think he's going to be great in Pittsburgh at the linebacker position, and they can really use it. Yeah, definitely a need filled there in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, they gave up some capital to do it. But um, that, without a doubt, Devin Bush and Devin White were the only uh, first-round caliber and starting caliber, like day one starters, impact players uh, at the yep. linebacker position uh, in this draft class, period. I mean, you without can say what you want about Mac Wilson, but Mac Wilson's more, you know, 45 uh, to maybe even 60 range in this draft class, yep. in my opinion. So uh, my best pick in this window for me has got to be the Washington Redskins uh, drafting their guy, Dwayne Haskins, at 15. Look, they didn't have to move up. They didn't have to tra you know, trade the farm system and the future to go get their guy. He falls all the way to 15, and I've been very, very clear, Dwayne Haskins is my QB1 in this class. Um, I think the floor – uh, is as high of, as any uh, prospect uh, in this draft class in terms of positional value, okay? Look, he'll walk in, and I think he'll range from anywhere from if he's, you know, absolutely dynamite in the next three years, he'll be a top 12 to 15 quarterback. At his worst, he'll be top 20 the rest of his career. I genuinely believe that uh, in Dwayne Haskins just because uh, the mental ability and he's got, you know, reasonable measurables uh, in terms of arm strength and all that. So that's my best pick here. Uh, is there a surprising pick uh, in this first, uh, you know, 9 through 16 window? I don't really think there's anybody that was super, super overdrafted. Maybe the Chris Lindstrom blew us yeah. out of the wa the water, right? We didn't expect yeah. that coming. So was, do we all yeah. settle there? Yeah, I think, like you said, it wasn't like it was a super bad pick. I think it just kind of shocked us a little bit because we had, like, with all the linemen that were still on the board that you maybe could move into guard possibly. Um, we, talk, we may talk about Jawan Taylor later, but, like, 
and and having perhaps maybe go defensive line. I know Wilkins had gone just to pick before, so yeah, that was yeah, a kick in the nuts to Dan Quinn. I would imagine. Yeah, I would assume so because I feel like Wilkins would have been real nice next to next to Grady Jarrett, but alas, is not meant to be. So yeah, I think Lindstrom is most surprising. Not really bad. Not a bad surprising. More just yeah, kind of. But to me, man, I'll, we talked about it on the live stream. I could understand why the Falcons went here, like. If you watch, if you watch Falcons football a lot the last couple of years, they have had horrendous guard play. And Chris Lindstrom was a guy to me coming into this draft. I wasn't extremely high on him um, because he was a scheme fit, meaning that I, I didn't think he was ever going to be able to run an inside zone, power heavy uh, type of offense. He was always going to have to, you know, be fit in an outside zone scheme. And guess what? Atlanta runs an outside zone scheme. So to me, this was a really good fit. Um, I, I, it was an overdraft to me. I think he would definitely would have been available at 31, just like um, we'll get to their pick at 31. Um, but, you know, I, I think that guy would have been available a little later too. We'll get there in a little bit. So I think that's definitely the most surprising pick, and we'll settle in right there. So let's get to the 17 through 24 window here, starting with the Giants at 17. They take Dexter Lawrence, the Minnesota Vikings, take their second center in three years in Garrett Bradbury. The Tennessee Titans de- draft Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, the Denver Broncos get a tight end in Noah Fant. Uh, the Packers trade up uh, with the Seahawks to draft Darnell Savage. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles trade up uh, with the Baltimore Ravens to draft Andre Dillard. The Texans take another tackle right there, Titus Howard. Uh, and then the Raiders draft Josh, draft Josh Jacobs. That's a lot of... Uh, Talking yeah. right there, so I'll let someone else talk. Uh, best pick in this draft, we'll start with you, Nate. Jesus. Uh, for me, I think this was an easy choice, and I had him as one of my top players that in this round that got drafted over the night based on, like, scheme fit and everything. And Andre Dillard to the Philadelphia Eagles. I love that pick. I think he's going to slot in there and make a difference right away. Where does he play, though? That's my question. You got Jason Peters coming back. You got Lane Johnson. Andre Dillard is by no stretch of the means a guard in the NFL what happens? He can't sit for a year. You don't draft a guy 22 overall and make him sit for a year. Where does Andre Dillard play? Uh, does, who bumps in? Does Jason Peters maybe retire? What happens? Do they trade him, cut him? What, what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, that was one of the things I was thinking of. And I mean, I could see Peters either getting maybe traded away for a little bit, retiring. There's a lot of options here. I think they're going to find a way to put him in. And I don't think they would have drafted him, like you said, at 22 if they didn't think they could. I'm going to tell you what, Jason Peters' game at the left tackle position has always been one I thought could translate well into his late 30s um, because he plays with a whole lot of finesse uh, and and tremendous athleticism even at his old age now. Um, But I don't know what they're going to do with him. Nate or Jake, uh, who's the best pick here, uh, 17 through 24? So I agree with Nate with Dillard being the best pick here, but I'll go to my second one since he kind of covered it. I – Honestly, this may come as a shocker, I think, for his best pick, but I love the Jeffrey Simmons selection by the Titans. Mm-hmm. I think get a guy in here now to play interior that's going to be just an absolute beast. Um, yeah, he's not going to be able to play this year, but you get him in Vrabel's defense next year, and uh, that he's going to create some problems. Going to free up some things for Harold Landry on the outside. And again, he's a top five talent for me. The injury obviously pushed him down a little bit, but I, I, I loved it there. Um, I was kind of mad he didn't get to slip a little bit more uh, down. But Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm looking through this seven, 
15 through 24, a little gap right here. I'm not really loving any of these picks. Like, I like Garrett Bradbury, um, but you took a stab on Pat Fline just two years ago uh, there in Minnesota. So one of them's bumping a guard, and it's going to be Fline. Um, why not just draft Cody Ford there? I don't understand that. To me, uh, that's not – I don't love much of any of this. Like, Dexter Lawrence, great, great player, overdraft at 17. Um, so I yeah. guess I'll just settle with Noah Fant here. Um, and to be honest with you, they drafted Jake Butt a couple years ago, tight end out of Michigan. And you talk about Jeffrey Simmons, a guy coming off a, a, an ACL or an MCL injury. Jake Butt, same kind of scenario, tears his leg up late in a season there in his junior year, comes out anyways. The Denver Broncos draft him, and he seems to be an absolute butt. I mean, bust. Um, and uh, and now they get Noah Fant, who I, I'm pretty high on Noah Fant. I think he's a vertical threat. And uh, as Nate called him on our live stream, he's definitely a red zone threat, right? I mean, he's always going to get a 50-50 ball. Um, so I guess I'll take my best pick there in Noah Fant. But, again, I'm not really high on any of these picks, um, even though I do like all of the players um, I think they just could have been slotted a little bit different. Like Darnell Savage, was he really the best uh, or, or the top defensive back in this draft class? I don't believe so. Um, but he's the first DB off the board uh, here at 21. So let's get to your uh, worst pick. Did we already hit worst pick in this 17 through 24? I don't think we did. So, Nate, we'll start with you. Worst pick here, 17, 17 through 24. I took a little leeway here and went both Bradbury and Lawrence, I think for different reasons. I like both players, and they both definitely have a decent potential, maybe a chance to come in and start eventually and be productive players. Lawrence, just like you said, a huge overdraft at 17 from the Giants, who I thought were the uh, big-time losers of this draft this time, with they kind of made up for at the end, but not why, really. Why trade Snacks Harrison if you're just going to draft his less good replacement? I don't understand that. that. Just way bigger, out of shape replacement. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. And then Bradbury. I just. I think there was a lot of offensive line talent on the board there that could have helped this Vikings line better. All right, Jake. Let's go to you. Well, worst pick here, I think, has to go to uh, Houston. Uh, Titus Howell. This one's a little bit of a head scratcher. I get it. He's athletic. You know, uh, played quarterback. Kept bulking up. Um, to play tackle, but again, this is the athletic upside pick that you kind of wait for maybe late day two when you got guys like Cody Ford there, Juwan Taylor, Dalton Reisner, the guys like that who, who are still on the board, and and you let Philly jump you for Dillard. Like, I, I'm just that pick confuses me, um, especially with what was still there attack. I, I definitely agree there. That was definitely going to be my uh, worst pick here in this window here at Titus Howard. And I definitely think that's our most surprising, um, I guess uh, most surprising, if that's most surprising 1A, our 1B would be Darnell Savage. I mean, I don't, I didn't expect the Green Bay Packers to trade back in, uh, up into the first round here. Uh, for a, I mean, they needed a DB in the first round probably, um, but to get Darnell Savage, we talked about it in the live stream. How do you even really pair him with Adrian Amos? Jake, we'll start with yeah. you, man. I know you watch a lot of Packers football. How do you pair that guy? And I'm, if you watch a lot of Packers football, that means you saw a lot of the Chicago Bears at least twice a year. So you know what Amos brings, and you know that he's more of a, uh, I'd say, let's say 5 to 15-yard range player. He's not going to make a whole lot of plays deep uh, in the defensive backfield, and neither is Darnell Savage. So what are your thoughts here on this pick? 
Yeah, I'm kind of surprised at the move up. I mean, I, I, it's not that I, I don't like Darnell Savage at all. I definitely oh, I'm think here he, for you, too. My number, I think, three – or no, two safety after Taylor Rapp's 475. I can't do that. Yeah, so, I mean, here's the I, – I, it's – Darnell Savage, good athlete. Again, great straight line speed, whatever. You can say what he ran the 40. I'm not worried about it that much. But, again, comes up and hits. But, yeah, I, I – this is more of an instinctive guy with good speed near near the line of scrimmage, and I feel like you got two guys now near the line of scrimmage. And I, when I see the move up there, I was definitely not expecting that. I think Green Bay could have stuck where they were, held on to two fourth round picks, and and then maybe pick up a guy like Juan Thornhill who can play on that back end and complement Adrian Amos a little bit better. So yeah, the Savage picks kind of surprises me, especially because you already got somebody like Josh Jones who kind of flies down there as a safety linebacker hybrid as well. So they've got three safeties now that play a lot near the line of scrimmage, and it's just I'm kind of I'm confused at this point as, as to how they're going to approach um, this season at DB, especially on the back end, because I think Tremont Williams is back to corner. I would say so, this. Of all three of those safeties, I would venture to say Darnell Savage has the best coverage abilities uh, in terms of just maybe being able to match in the slot, because one of them is going to have to yeah. move there, right? That's true. I, I would have yeah. to say that. And slot corner, slot corner is a huge thing now in the NFL. I mean, hell, Lamarcus Joyner, uh, you know, made twelve and a half million dollars last year on the uh, franchise tag doing that there in, in L.A. So it is yeah. an important position. Um, it just kind of, I mean, it's, it's surprising for sure. So let's get yeah. to this. Uh, Nate, uh, what, what are your thoughts? Did you have any surprising things here? I mean, the Titus Howard thing, I know we talked about that, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you kind of touched on it with Darnell Savage. I really didn't see him coming off the board that early. I didn't think he was the best DB left on the board. And I'll get a little bit more to that in our next group with who I think maybe should have gone off the board for a different team, not for the fit with Packers. But as far as shot goes, I would say Darnell Savage and uh, – yeah, I, I was kind of stumped by that. We talked about Titus Howard, and I, I always like seeing a small school guy go off, but I think it's like three. It wasn't worth it right there. Yeah, I was about to say, um, not trying to spoil anything, but I would have rather seen the Packers go with another small school guy at safety. Um, I know we'll talk about him uh, here in a little bit. At least I will uh, in our best players available. So let's go to our 25 through 32 window, our last window here, uh, last eight picks of the first round, and some pretty interesting things happen. I think we got a lot of value here. Um, except for one pick in particular. But uh, let's start with 25, the Ravens. Uh, this is after they draft or traded down uh, with the Eagles there at 22. They take Hollywood, uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown out of Oklahoma. The Redskins trade back into the first round uh, for Montez Sweat. The Oakland Raiders there at 27 take Jonathan Abrams, safety out of Mississippi State. Uh, the L.A. Chargers take Jerry Tillery. Uh, the Seahawks take AJ L.J. Collier, uh, Defensive end out of TCU, for those who don't know. Uh, the Giants then trade back into the first round for DeAndre Baker. The Falcons trade back in as well for Caleb McGarry, of all people. And the New England Patriots draft Nikhil Harry there at 32. Uh, let's be negative to finish tonight. Uh, we'll start with you, Jake. Give me your worst pick of this last eight. And, and, and look, man, there's a good bit of selections here. I think we'll all go three different guys. Give me yours. Well, I think my worst, uh, man, there's, there's a lot of choices here. And I think I'm going to go with, I feel like the more obvious one is, um, is Caleb McGarry. And I think it, it, again, we've talked about it with Titus Howard too. It's kind of like, well, you know, you're trading back in, you need offensive line help. Jawan Taylor, Cody Ford, Dalton Reisner, all sitting there. 
And you know what? No, we're going to go with this guy, Caleb McGeary, who, you know, tests well. Film's kind of shaky. Film's stiff as hell, man. When he tested as well as he did, I, I thought to myself, I couldn't believe it. I had to go back and double check, almost triple check, uh, because the film says stiff-bodied mofo. Yeah. Yeah. Real sh- – I, I, yeah, I didn't – yeah. It's it, sure. definitely uh, a bad pick here. Nate, what do you got? For me, I had LJ Collier as my worst mm-hmm. pick here. I just did not see it at that pick. I said that for a couple guys now. And maybe it's just a lack of foresight on my part, but I'm just not feeling it with him so far. Yeah, to me, man, this was a, a classic case of, hey, uh, we have to leave this first round in Seattle uh, with the defensive end player no matter what. Uh, so, And guess what? There's none left. Um, so I guess we'll just have to take LJ Collier. Um, but to me, we talked about it. I, I would rather probably have Chase Winovich here. Uh, even if you think it's a slight overdraft, I would take Chase Winovich over LJ Collier every single day of the week. But to me, man, look, the Seattle Seahawks, I'm, I'm not going to qu- – I shouldn't be the one questioning their ability to draft defensive linemen. Let's be honest, they turn them out every single year, third, fourth, fifth rounders that are, are impact players on Sundays. So maybe maybe there is something there in LJ Collier that we just don't see. Um, so that's a good pick for bad pick. Look, I like the Jerry Tillery t- uh, pick, even though maybe he wasn't a first-round uh, caliber player going into tonight. But guess what? There was an early, and I mean early, as early as 17 with Dexter Lawrence, finish, like complete finish on in- interior defensive tackles. Um, so, you know, he's the only one really left there that could be picked, and the Chargers needed a big-bodied uh, individual. So I understand that pick there, um, and I don't have any problems with it. Um, so I guess worst pick, you know, I hate to bang on my Atlanta Falcons fans again and my Atlanta Falcons listeners, but the Caleb McGarry pick, I just don't understand. As Jake was telling us, man, Dalton Reiser's still on the board. Cody Ford played right tackle at Oklahoma and, 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 and did it damn well. Um, I just don't understand. If you wanted, uh, you know, a guy that could start at right tackle, you, you, you take a, a quality right tackle, not the stiff-bodied guy in Caleb McGarry. But, again, they're picking Chris Lindstrom. Uh, I'm not going to hate on a 10-year starter. Uh, but if I were going to go off the board and really hate on one right here, I, I don't like the Pats pick because I wanted to see A.J. Brown so bad, man. I wanted to see A.J. Brown so bad in a New England Patriots uniform. Uh, so that's what we got. Uh, most surprising pick here, guys. Anything for that? Do you want to I can go. Okay. I'll go – I'll go with Nikhil Harry, honestly, uh, for the Patriots. I felt like the Patriots are the team at, at 32 either. What the, what we've seen them do is they attack the front seven and they attack a line. Obviously, they feel pretty comfortable with what they have at the line right now, obviously, with them. Uh, I'm Isaiah telling you right Wynn. now, when Isaiah I, – I loved Isaiah oh, Wynn. He's going to come in. He's going – oh, man. That's going to be fun to watch. Hey, Jake. And, hey, Jake. Who's got better feet, Andre Dillard or Isaiah Wynn? Oh, boy. Hey, Nate, who's got better feet, Andre Dillard or Isaiah Wynn? That's really tough. I'm going to get the same reaction. Go win. I'm going win. I was going to go Dillard. So. Go win. I'm going win, too. So win wins. But Dillard's got, I'm a Dillard's got, Dillard's got the length, though, right? I mean, he's 6'4". Isaiah Wynn's only about 6'2 and three quarters. So, um, but hey, True, but he dominated that left tackle in the SEC at six two and three yeah. quarters. So that tells you yeah. how good his damn feet are. Um, yeah. So that's why I'm going there. Uh, but let's get into some of these storylines, man. Uh, there, you know, only two wide receivers taken in the first round, right? We had uh, Hollywood Brown go there at uh, 25, 
and uh, 32, we had Nikhil Harry, obviously, to the past. We just got done talking about that. Um, There's a litany of guys, man. There's a bunch of guys left, whether it's DK Metcalf that you like, A.J. Brown that I love, um, Akeem Butler, um, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I'm missing some other names, guys. Fill them in. Yeah, my boy Debo Samuel. Um, You know, I I genuinely think, guys, we might see, uh, like we talked about on the live stream, 15 you know, not 50. We could see 10 to 12 uh, wide receivers taken tomorrow just in the second round alone. I think yeah. it might it might run off that fast. So uh, who's your guy in that window uh, that you like? And who? Let's, let's not do that. Let's do who's the guy that you can't believe made it out of the first round. Let's start there. Oh, okay. Jawan Taylor. I mean, no, just, yeah, just in the receivers. We'll get to the best oh, players ooh. available and who did worst here in a second. Um, Let's go. I think I would go either DK Metcalf or AJ Brown on this one. Two guys I could have seen going up there in that first round. Just saw teams falling in love with DK Metcalf over the process, and I kind of did too. So, I mean, him and Brown, too. I'm surprised if any wide receiver was going to go, I was surprised it wasn't that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I were to, uh, you know, group anybody, like I could have seen Hakeem Butler just, I kind of value Hakeem Butler and Nikhil Harry uh, very, very similar in this draft. Um, yeah. So I think both of those probably could have hit there in the first round, but I'm with you guys, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown <laughs> slipping down here into the second. DK especially after what yeah. we saw. I mean, there was as much of, of an overreaction that after the uh, NFL Combine immediately when he put down the four three three that uh, right. he could go top ten. So for him to slide out of the first round uh, is yeah. rather is rather crazy. I mean, I never had him as a first round talent uh, just because. Yeah. The, the three cone, man, shows me exactly what I saw on tape. The dude can't get in and out of routes, uh, in yeah. and out of routes. So um, here's a question for you that I propose to you guys. Who did worse in this first round? Both had three picks. I'll lay them out. The New York football giants took Daniel Jones at six, Dexter Lawrence at 17, and DeAndre Baker at 30. The Raiders got Cleveland Farrell at four, Josh Jacobs at 24, and John Abram at 27. Which fan base should leave this feeling, uh, you know, not so great about themselves out of these two? This is honestly tougher than I, I feel like we we thought it was when we first, like, came around to, like, okay, these two teams had three picks first. Oh, wait, it's way closer than I thought. I'm still going to the Giants, and I think we've, we've talked about it, all right? You're getting a franchise quarterback. You're sitting there at six, and you're like, nope, I don't want Haskins or Locke. I'm taking Daniel Jones. Um, yeah, that, that right there probably is, is the real kicker. And like we talked about a little earlier, you're bringing in Dexter Lawrence after getting rid of Snacks Harrison. So, okay, different. I mean, they kind of saved it a little bit at the end there with DeAndre yeah. Baker, but the damage is done. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think, Nate? No, I would completely agree with that. I think the Giants still take the L in this one. I love the Baker pick there at the end. He was actually my best pick from the 25 to 32 range. But I think they had kind of shot themselves in both feet before that, reaching on both of their top two picks, in my opinion. And honestly, both teams kind of brought in one player that I really like. I mean, we saw uh, Josh Jacobs come off the board later on, and I really like him as a multi-purpose back. He's one that can be out there all the time because he can catch and run, which is necessary in a new developing NFL that's favoring that kind of guy. We've seen Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, those guys really function in those roles. Yeah, so here's how I look at this. I mean, Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, John Abram all had first-round grades on my big board. Daniel Jones did not. 
Dexter Lawrence was anywhere from 31, 28 uh, there with the Chargers to about 34 for me, uh, right around that range. So borderline first rounder. DeAndre Baker was a first rounder for me. So basically what I'm telling you is the Raiders, though they reached for Cleveland Farrell, they left tonight with three first round caliber draft picks, uh, no matter the order. So if you just put them in, in, in a line like that uh, with just their names and not the, the draft picks that they were taken with, I think yeah. the Raiders did okay tonight, uh, even though it was just crazy shocking. Um, and I, I'm, I'm tempted to go back and take the audio um, from what our a- actual reaction was when we saw uh, Cleveland Farrell come off at four. Um, yeah. But it was pretty wild. But either way, I think the Raiders definitely did better. I wouldn't say they won tonight, uh, tonight's yeah. first round, uh, but they definitely did better than the Giants. Uh, so let's get into what everyone's really worried about uh, for everyone that has early first-round picks or at least their t- or second-round picks or at least their teams do. Uh, let's get the best players available. I'll give you, uh, I guess, let's go one at a time, okay, so we don't steal everybody's. We'll go uh, me first, and then you guys can rock, paper, scissors for second and third, okay? All right, sounds good. All right, my first best player. <laughs> Y'all just did it. Who won? Who won? I did. boy. All right, we'll go best player available so far uh, with these guys left, man. I think it is – I'll take Dalton Reisner. I love the guy. I think he's definitely the best offensive lineman available. I mean, if you want Cody Ford, you can take him. Uh, but Dalton Reisner is my guy, and I'll go ahead and erase him from this list. Look, man, started 52 of 53 games there at Kansas State. One of five all-time, three-time uh, captains there at Kansas State. They had 107-year history. Um, I'll keep repeating that because it's so damn impressive for that guy. So Dalton Reisner – uh, my best player available right now. Who you got, uh, Nate, right? I think you won that from what yep. I heard. First one coming off here for me is Cody Ford. I was surprised we didn't see him go in the first round. I mean, he's got a lot of talent, like a lot of talent and a lot of traits that I really like. He's a power blocker, but he has that finesse to be able to perform in like against the toughest or most finessive, uh, finessive, that's a new word, word. defensive line. Invent so one, brother. Invent one. Wait, what? Sorry. I said, invent a word, why don't you? It's all good. I mean, Shakespeare oh. did it all the time, right? So, there you go. All right. All right, Jake, what's up? Best player available. All right, so I think you guys left me with my three bests still on the board. Oh, so well, good. you only get one at a time. Slow down. Yeah, my first one will be Byron Murphy. Uh, all right. For sure. Uh, top corner in this class, I think, and that's uh, – you know, just a testament uh, to his coverage skills, his quickness, his mirroring ability. Um, you know what? He he will come up. He's not afraid. He's not afraid to tackle on, like, uh, a certain other corner that's uh, still on the board as we exit round one. Um, yeah, Byron Murphy's my best player. But... All right. That's a pretty damn good player available. Um, I'm going to take my number three safety off the board, and that's Nasir Adderley. Uh, safety out of Delaware. I love the kid, man. I think he's the the next or the future of the NFL at the defensive back position. Um, I think he could even win at corner uh, at the next level if he has to. Um, but I know he can play safety. I know he can play deep high safety. And I also know he can cover in the slot. Nasir Adderley, a real weapon in the defensive backfield. So I'll take him off the board because um, you know I'm not so high on greedy. Um, Nate, we got you. Next best player. Um, my next one coming off is Jawan Taylor. We saw him slide a lot tonight, and it's being reported. It hasn't really been confirmed by anybody. That's a knee problem. I think that was right what Split I saw. Suspended, yeah. And, I mean, whether that turns out to be a serious issue or not with health, 
I think he's one of the best offensive linemen still on the board. A lot of people have him mm-hmm. in the top 10 in overall players, much less at that position. Yeah. He's a powerful dude, but he's also super mobile, and he really seeks out that secondary level block. Yeah, I know what we talked about a lot was, man, even if, like, let's say his knee's completely shit out in five years. Man, he's still a, a really good serviceable starter there at the right tackle position and can impact your football team because he really was. Like, if, if he only gives you five healthy years, he's going to give you the five best years of any tackle or any especially right tackle out of this draft um, at that position. So I like that pick as well. Uh, Jake, who you got? I got my safety one is still on the board here. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from Florida, mm. a guy who can really do it all as a defensive back. I really like what I saw from him in the slot. I like what I saw from him deep. Again, but any anywhere you want to put this guy, he's going to succeed for you. And uh, The versatility, I'm kind of surprised that he's uh, still available here um, where you get a lot of other guys who are kind of one trick in this uh in this class, but yeah, Chauncey Gardner Johnson still available. I think it's kind of an underwritten rule. We're just going to take all the receivers out because we've already talked about them all basically being available. Um, yeah. So next, I'm going to talk about a man named Rocky Sin, cornerback out of Temple. Look, a one-year guy there at Temple, but he is Temple tough, right? We all like to say those <laughs> things, um, but to be honest with you. Uh, that coaching staff raved about him. And it's rare that you get a coaching staff where they only have a year with a guy, and next thing you know, they're talking him up all the boards. So I really like him. He's tough as hell. I know he ran a 4-5-5 at the combine, but I don't really care um, because he is as tough as we talk about. And I think he is a real sticky corner in press man coverage. Um, So I'll take Rocky Sin off the board. Nate, that leaves it to you. Uh, Who's your best player available now? Honestly, somebody that we've talked about quite a bit about what (laughs) but not so much in a positive light recently Mm. i'm actually going to go with greedy williams being one of the better players left on the board i know he's afraid of tackling or seemingly so i'm going to blame that on something in the world like the targeting rules in college or something like that darius Darius slay's allergic to tackling too joe hayden (laughs) joe hayden don't tackle i mean it don't it don't really matter uh deon sanders didn't tackle but hey you better cover like Darius Slay. You better cover. I mean, Joe Hayden's not so yeah. great. And you yeah. damn sure – I mean, if you can cover like Deion Sanders, you ain't never got to tackle, baby. I'm going to tell you that right now. True. And, I mean, you can, you've can. seen that with Greedy Williams. He's smooth. And in he's his 6'2", coverage. man. He's long, long as hell. Yeah. He's got a lot of things that tick a lot of boxes for people. He's got it for me. I know he wasn't one of my – well, he was top three in my cornerbacks, but – Definitely not number one, but I think he's going to have a good career in the NFL if he can keep up that coverage against the next level of receivers. For sure. All right, Jake, give me your last one because I know you're not going to take my last guy. I think I think I got I got two names left on my list. I think you're going to take one of them. Um, but who's the best player available, Jake? So I guess we, we're taking receivers off, correct? Oh, receivers off. We, we all know they're still mm-hmm. available. Debo Samuel, okay. Paris Campbell, we know all of them. A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, like, we, we, we already went through them all. They're all, literally all of them. Miko Hardman, everybody. Yeah. So, I, I think I'm going to go another defensive back here. I, I'm a bigger fan of Juan Thornhill than I think a lot of people are um, as far as his ability to play uh, in a deep third, uh, single high type of, type of look. Uh, I think, you know, better ball skills. I think he's a really fluid mover. Um yeah, I, I, I like what I see from Thornhill, and I think he, he can provide some impact uh, day one. He's going to be a nice guy to get here about two. 
All right, well, since I'm the humble host of this here podcast, I'll finish it out with two. Uh, Elgin Jenkins, you guys know I love him. I'll never stop yep. talking about him. And Chase Winovich uh, out of Min- uh, Michigan. So those two guys, obviously Taylor Rapp still available. We can run, we can run off a bunch of names. I'm so excited uh, for day two, man. Second and third round are going to be filled with a ton of players like Darius Leonard of the Indianapolis Colts from last year, a third-round pick. Uh, that was an all-pro football player. So that's, I think, what we're looking at forward uh, to tomorrow, man, and I'm really excited, guys. Thank you for joining us again uh, here on the NFL Mox Podcast. Jake and Nate, we will talk to you soon. Uh, we'll be live streaming it again tomorrow, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. sounds like a blast to me. Sounds good. All right, boys, uh, plug the Twitters right quick. We get, we get a lot of downloads on this stuff. Uh, humble brag right here. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> My Twitter, you can find me at NateJWSports. Obviously, all one word, no underscores. I don't like underscores. Uh, I am at JakeNFLDraft. Pretty simple. Well, yeah. I'm at I'm at Brooks underscore Austin FS because underscores are the shit, and uh, Nate like doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he likes wait, wait, wait. Yes. One last thing from me. What's Daniel up? Jones and Eli Manning are the same person. They are. Oh, you trying to take my quote from earlier? <laughs> Daniel Jones, Eli Manning, Spider-Man meme. Tweet it right now. <laughs> yep. Put uh, it out there. Okay. <laughs> All right, boys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yep. Thanks again. Get some sleep. It's 1.30. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.